0: Okay, now what the f*** do you want? We desire a room. You better not be wasting my time. You got money. (laughs) Come on in, gentlemen. Excuse me if I was brus, but sometimes we get boo-boos in here without a dollar to their name. But obviously you, gentlemen, came in on another boat.
1: We seek meager accommodations.
0: Excuse me? We require a room that is very poor. All right, here we are one bathroom on this floor, so you're going to have to share it. Got a little bit of an insect problem, but you boys from Africa, you're used to that. And another thing, don't use the elevator. It's a death trap. Now, this is the place that I was telling you about. It's real f***ed Got just one window facing a brick wall. Used to rent it to a blind man damn shame what they did to that dog
2: all right episode 108 huh
1: this is the big one
2: (laughs) what makes 108 the big one
1: I don't know uh I don't know. I was thinking of an earthquake joke, but I couldn't quite make one on the spot.
2: Well, that's a so I think, that's a great callback, though.
1: Yeah, I think uh, ten point eight would be a little a little much. San Francisco was like an eight something, right? When it split in half and Superman pulled Lois Lane out of that ravine.
2: <laughs> wow, that's a callback. <laughs> Which Superman was that? Was that the first one?
1: Uh. I yeah I think so, I think it was. I don't think it was, because two had Zod and the people yeah. that were trapped in that glass case case yeah. of emotion,
2: and, and three he fought Mister T. <laughs> no, he he fought Richard Pryor. <laughs> hey, can you guys uh can you guys hold on one second? I need to um I'm gonna go get like a piece of paper so I can put it up on my screen so I don't have to look at Point Break, Dave. Oh, oh man i just can't even bear is, what i'm seeing here is that a is that a hospital
1: that you're at <laughs> The curtain looks very ominous like there's a guy with raging diabetes
2: being next to you that's the that's the curtain they they stretch around before they put me down like at lone star park when the horse <laughs> falls and they get the curtain out just for the single shot to the head <laughs> Dude, the the flu is <laughs> the flu is no joke, man. And it was that the official diagnosis was it flu? Uh, yeah, it was flu. I got the uh the swab up the nose at uh at CareNow on Sunday, because of course you always get sick on on the weekend. And they come out and they're like, "Oh yeah, you have the flu." <laughs> well, first, did you get a flu shot? Yeah, I got a flu shot a few months ago. Uh, didn't matter, huh? The the whatever nurse or doctor, or whoever it was, comes back in wearing the, the surgical mask the second time. Like, oh, yeah, you have the flu. Do they make you wear no. one to leave, too? No. Oh, because no, I, I remember didn't. I feel like the one maybe the one time I had it that they were like, yeah, sir, you need to put this on before you go out of this room. Well, that's the one thing like you never want to go to care now unless you're really sick. Because when you're sitting in that waiting room, you're like, "I'm gonna catch something if I know." Oh yeah. And the waiting room is always showing National Treasure on the TV, like every time. <laughs> I'm I'm suddenly way more interested in going to care now. I'll tell you what I did yesterday, which I advise against. So they they gave me Tamiflu, right? Okay, please don't say that you worked out no no i was in <laughs> no condition to work out because that would be something glenn would pull like <laughs> day no one doubt. tamiflu like well look let's just get some lap pull downs in <laughs> no but they gave me they gave me tamiflu and you're supposed to take one in the morning and one at night like with a meal and they give you 10 of them so it's a five day run so you know i took my when i left the doctor it was like noon took one sunday took one Sunday night wake up Monday for no reason, just pop two of them out and take them both. And then like, I don't know if it was related to that or just something else, but like all day, my stomach was just like churning and like, you could hear it. Oh man. Do you have a Ginsburg incident? <laughs> no. <laughs> but then, uh, had to make the panic call to the one, uh, pharmacist I'm friends with. It was like, Hey, so do I take a third one at night? And she's like, "No, definitely don't do that." <laughs> oh, wow. Just sit it I've, out.
1: I don't think I've ever been on the tamiflu before.
2: I I think it helps. I yeah. Think it helps. Well, if you're if you're upright and talking to us just two days after a positive diagnosis, you're doing better than a lot of people because I've heard a lot of stories of people being basically wiped out for an entire week.
1: Well, the shot is probably a big part of uh, what's helping with that. Along with the Tamiflu, obviously. But you probably got not quite the full – you didn't take the full people's elbow. just kind of grazed you a little bit.
2: Well, then Point Break Dave's incredible conditioning. I mean, he's he's literally been training for this his entire life to withstand a a blow like this.
1: Well, I would – I would assume spending so much time recently out at the talking stick arena that we got, you were exposed to a lot of the native, <laughs> just natural medicines.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine the things that we were probably subjected to over the course of three days at the talking stick?
1: Oh man.
2: Yeah. Well, so let's
1: get into it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk the Royal rumble trip. Uh, I guess weekend before last out in Phoenix, Arizona. Now just to very briefly reset, it was the three of us and the fake Paul Bearer was was with us. Um always a fascinating
2: is... travel companion. He's full of very odd-timed anecdotes that don't seem to it <laughs> pretty much like he's a walking non sequitur, this guy.
1: And he's still uh through all these years he's still not podcast aware
2: i believe right and he's he's one of our better friends and somehow we have 108 episodes fully disguised the podcast from him including pretty much openly talking about it in front of him several times
1: (laughs) that was actually one of the uh that was one of my bits to try to work in some veiled reference to it like (laughs) literally as we're sitting down at the hamburger place, the first lunch that we're there. And I mentioned about a few things we might need to get audio of or talk about. He doesn't even,
2: doesn't even raise an eyebrow. No, this or guy, anything. Yeah. This guy somehow just just floats through life without batting an eye at anything. So,
1: uh, me and Dave and Paul bear, we flew out of Dallas and Tommy obviously is flying out of, Taking the propeller plane out of Nashville (laughs) into uh, into Arizona.
2: Had to slum it on a Southwest flight, which I particularly don't like to do, but it was one of only two. So in the entire city of Nashville, there was two nonstop flights to Phoenix the entire day accounting for all airlines that fly out of that airport. One in the morning and one at night, and that's it. And I wasn't about to make a stop, so giddy up southwest airlines 8 30 in the morning i'm ready to go but that all worked out well because boy did it go
1: ahead glenn so for uh, first our airport experience was very smooth you know we we time we time it well which is always important <laughs> and it's we get there have and we're good timing kind of <laughs> like uh well, which lot should we park in i'm like we're not parking we're <laughs> We're valet and this thing. There's three of us. We can split it. We're gonna do the valet. So my first uh, eyebrow-raising moment was pull into the valet. We're getting our bags and stuff. And then Point Break Dave was like, "Oh man, hold on. I gotta get my gun. <laughs> like I gotta get my gun and put it in the trunk." And I'm just like, "You have your gun with you?" And it was like a it was like a foot from me this whole this whole time,
2: dude. Always always have one in the glove box. You never yeah. know.
1: Yes, you got to. But it,
2: but it is I... weird in that situation when the valet stand in there and you're like, Hold on, you just grab now, it, it kinda gives you the shifty eye. So so what's the the reason for not leaving it in the glove box is that you think all valets are gonna commit crimes with your gun? Well, here's the odd thing, the the car I have, you can't lock the glove box. Like it doesn't have it's a non-locking thing. You have the either the middle console or the trunk are the only places you can lock stuff. So you so. mean this car that beams a heads-up display on the road in front of you, you can't lock the glove box? You know... You, I bet you Glenn can make... lock the glove box in his 2001 Silverado. Oh, yeah. There's no What's doubt. It? You have to make concessions. You know, I was like, I want all the options. Hold on, how much is that? Take away the locking glove box. We'll leave that one off.
1: Yeah, when you're riding this thing, it looks like the the screen from that movie Minority Report <laughs> is in front of you. But yeah, you can't like lock the doors or anything. So we get to Phoenix, and we've got and actually we get there like 30 minutes
2: early. Well, before that, so one quick anecdote: um, Glenn had to uh, find a different a different row because he had to be on the aisle where he could stretch his dead leg out into the aisle. True. Me and me and fake Paul Bearer are sitting across the aisle from each other and before the plane takes off they're letting someone know that he has to leave the plane. <laughs> and apparently it was like a, a guy I guess that was a standby. Like he wasn't drunk but then someone showed up that was paying. Oh. So we look up and see the commotion of them asking a guy to leave and he is wearing a Matt Hardy t-shirt. <laughs> So we went into full delete mode, and <laughs> escorting him off the plane, which me, fake Paul Bear, and the one other guy in the wrestling shirt around us thoroughly enjoyed.
1: So I I missed that because I was in, I was enjoying my Lacey Peterson novel to see how <laughs> see how that turned out. So you out. missed
2: you missed Point Break Dave and Paul Bear screaming delete, delete, delete as they're dra- dragging the one Matt Hardy fan off the plane.
1: Yeah, I missed that. So we we land in uh, land in Phoenix, and uh, we're making our way. Um, you know, I didn't check my bag. I take my bag on, but we had to... Well, actually, we had to walk to the other terminal where, where Tommy was landing. That's what we were doing. So we're going from one terminal to another in Phoenix, and uh, the three of us are just... Well, they're walking, and I'm doing the best I can to walk. <laughs> and suddenly... A human walks past us on the left, and he's talking on his phone, and it's a voice I feel like I recognize, and it was a, a, a figure and maybe some skinny jeans that I feel like I recognize, and I'm like, guys, I'm pretty sure that's Cliff Kingsbury that just walked right past us, so he's he keeps walking, and he happens to be going to the same terminal coincidentally that we were going to. Uh, I didn't want to lose him, so at this point, for what I can do, I'm basically sprinting, <laughs> considering my condition.
2: Which, for anybody else, would be just like a slow-paced, cool-down-style walk? Pretty much. It was the fastest Glenn moved the entire trip, I'll tell you that, but by
1: far. So, we we follow him. Like I said, he's going the same direction we're going, and then we get within... You, 10, 15 feet of him, or so, and he's kind of stopped down. And we didn't want to walk all the way up to him. He's on the phone this whole time, too. Um, and finally, I get close enough that I'm like, I will bet any amount of money. He's not even facing us. He's got profile. At that's best. kind of
2: that's kind of how it worked in your when you drew it up in your head. He wasn't me <laughs> facing you, right?
1: Right. And I'm like, any amount of money, I will bet that that is Cliff Kingsbury. Sure enough, it was. So, but he's on his phone the whole time. So we can't approach him and say anything or whatever. So we're waiting for 45 minutes or so for Tommy to land. So first he walks back the other direction a little bit. And we think that he knows we've been following him this whole time. (laughs) Just trying to get away from us. So he's on the phone and then Dave does the, the walk by fake phone call and gets about two seconds of video of him standing And then as the two of them wander off somewhere, I'm just standing outside like the the magazine bookstore place and he happens to walk by again. He's not on the phone. And so as he's walking by, I kind of purposely just kind of look at him. Just, you know, when you know somebody's looking at you, it gets your attention and it looks over at me and I just kind of give him the, Hey coach, good luck this season. He's like, Oh, I appreciate it, man. So there's, <laughs> One check mark, interacted with one celebrity. Now, the idea that we had was that we were going to approach him and get him like a piece of paper or something and stand outside of Tommy's Gate with a sign that said Tommy 2.0 on it.
2: <laughs> if it turned out Kingsbury is up for bits, that was going to be the plan. Yeah, but that is pretty... That is pretty funny that they probably the most famous recent Phoenix residents just hanging out in the Southwest terminal. Like they couldn't, he couldn't even afford to to charter a flight with uh, as much money as he just walked into. I guess
1: not. I think we investigated. He was there to pick up his current girlfriend who was flying into Phoenix for some like charity golf thing.
2: So you think he's, he's rich enough that he could just buy a ticket to get right past security and then just tear think, it up and throw it in the trash? I think that was the play. We didn't ask
1: him. We probably should have. We The other question was, but he was walking by. But if he had stopped, like if he had stopped and be like, hey, man, thanks, you know, whatever. And, and not because he never broke stride. Right. Keep but that but that's a
2: smart man right there. Because if he knew if, oh, he, yeah. if he broke stride, he was going to take about like a that one of you guys would have him in the yes lock about two seconds <laughs> later. And he'd be there for 15 minutes. So. Uh, this is smart. a smart, the follow-up, this is a smart question, man.
1: the follow-up question was definitely going to be are you going to be in the Royal Rumble tomorrow? That <laughs> was without a question my my follow-up
2: oh, would have been so, great.
1: Oh man. So Tommy arrives and uh you know I think our only real play at that point was to see if our doubts regarding Paul Bearer were Deserved when it came to our questioning the hotel situation. But I have to say that he came up big for us.
2: Yeah. So we checked into the lovely Renaissance Hotel, downtown Phoenix. And my immediate thought, and we're going to get back to this in a big way later in the podcast, is I'm looking around. We're we're kind of looking on our phones and Google Maps. We realize the arena is 0. 0.4 miles away. The Chase Field is 0. 0.5 miles away. We're in this very very nice expansive hotel and I look at these guys and I'm like wrestlers are definitely staying at this hotel like there's no question if they're if they're in town this would be the place they'd be staying it's super nice and the locale is perfect why would they not be here yeah
1: and you get plenty of water there
2: <laughs> you do so should we should we talk about this uh so we we go to check into the hotel so yeah, you know, we've all chosen our appropriate attire for the plane. I was walking with Elias. <laughs> oh. Believe Point Break Dave. Uh, I'm trying to remember what Point Break the, Dave was doing. I had at that time. I had the uh, WrestleMania event shirt from New Orleans. Yeah, and of course, since we're going to a wrestling match, Glenn decided to wear the uh, throwback T-shirt or jersey-style T-shirt of the uh, Seattle Mariners with the uh, classic. Uh, classic logo and livery on there
1: seemed to fit since we're going to wrestling stuff in Phoenix (laughs) to wear a Seattle shirt.
2: So, well, the first thing that struck me about this lobby is there there's a, there's a check-in desk and we've sent Paul bear up there because and we'll get back to this later too. He was clearly trying to big time everyone with his reward status with the hotel chain. The, I think Marriott's the parent company of the hotel chain. So he's like, you know, Guys, look, I got this. I'm going to get us checked in early. I'm going to take care of everything. So we're standing... And hold on, to his credit, his status got us a lot. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. we're going to have to investigate whether or not the uh, 19th floor lounge was all it was cracked up to be, but <laughs> but we're we're conservatively standing 30 to 35 feet away from the check-in desk, and I swear to you, every single person that came through the lobby was like, hey, you guys waiting in line? And we're like, No. You see the thirty feet in between us <laughs> and the line that's where the line is. We're just standing back here,
1: and everybody in a blazer offered us a bottle of water
2: yeah so the 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 hotel staff very well trained for being in the desert, bringing water left and right. But that's when Glenn had his first interfacing with the uh, the super fan who was who was I noticed making everybody's shirt that came by because he was clearly hip to wrestling, so I saw him you know engaging with a young child like hey who's your favorite wrestler so he 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 was fully aware of what everybody was doing here well except for glenn
1: yeah because he's never didn't follow he follows sports inter- entertainment but not sports apparently As i've got the mariners logo on my shirt and he walks by and he's like oh michigan and i'm like uh no he's like ah oh, i know it's milwaukee brewers and he kind of you know points at me and walks away and i was just I was like i don't have the energy to be like <laughs> no sir it's the mariners uh why why would milwaukee brewers have m's on as like a plural or possessive on the front of their jersey it doesn't
2: make oh, like, any sense the whatsoever. milwaukee's obviously yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what you're talking that's what about
1: we, yeah did you see an article today about possibly renaming the rangers and one of the this this should not be taken seriously but uh, one of the ideas was to model it after soccer. You know how soccer, like you have Barcelona football club, so Barcelona FC, to name them like Dallas BC, as baseball club. You think that's a good idea?
2: Or like before Christ? That
1: <laughs> if they had ever won a World Series, that's what it would have been. <laughs> Okay, so
2: let's. So I feel like I feel like so yes, fake Paul Bear comes up big. He gets us checked in a few hours early, and I think we all had pretty much at that point decided that it was time for hamburgers.
0: <laughs> Always. Yeah,
1: I, like, I did like that discussion of. Yeah, guys, uh, let's go get something to eat, and we've got a few little time to kill before the NXT event. And, you know, there's no planning. I actually said I was going to look and find, you know, like local places and And, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that research. You said you were just on
2: seattlemariners.com.
1: I was on (laughs) localrestaurants.org as we were going down the elevator to go eat lunch. But what happened was we walked out of our hotel. We looked left and saw like a clothing store. We looked right and saw a hamburger place and said... Oh yeah, that'll do. We'll just, uh, (laughs) we'll just go there.
2: Oh yeah. And we walk in this hamburger place and this was the first time uh, that I had this realization that I had pretty much every other establishment we went into the rest of the weekend. We walk in there and I'm like, Hey, everybody in here is in wrestling gear, including a girl wearing the full Finn Balor demon outfit. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, this is great because we're now, it's basically now we're down in a part of downtown on a weekend and Nobody's down there unless they're there for wrestling. There is nothing else going on but wrestling. So everybody there is of like mind of us. And then we're enjoying our nice hamburgers. Yes, that they custom Rest- custom built for us. Yes.
0: On Restaurant Artisan Buns.
2: A nice window facing the sidewalk. And who do we see but the Revival just walking oh, past. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder just walk right past... Not a care in the world. Nope. All fists, no flips. <laughs> <laughs> Must have looked like they're probably coming back from the gym. Probably. I think so. But uh, that was probably the best moment of their weekend, to be honest. You don't yeah. think the, non, the nonsensical pairing with half of the authors of pain was above that moment? No.
1: No, I don't. I don't think it I don't think it was.
2: So but go ahead, Dave. I know I was gonna say, but that was uh like I said, we just the first thing we did and we're surrounded by wrestling fans and having a brief glimpse of pro wrestlers out and about.
1: The, the one thing that we did not do, and this was one, it was my idea and two, my fault for lack of any effort or execution was to just get any audio from random people. Because, okay, for one, I kind of need a good portion of a Baltimore incident to just start approaching strangers and asking them questions. But that first place that we went to, there was that guy dressed up in that vest, and it could have had a whole just Baron Corbin line of questioning. Oh, yeah. With absolute ease. It could have
2: happened. So... If you guys know... Anything about me, and Dave knows this for sure. But I don't like to. Uh, I like to cut it close. You know, on my flights. I don't want to be there early. I want. I want to maximize my time. So there was some controversy about what the time said on the ticket. But to my surprise, we found ourselves standing in front of the Talking Stick Arena for NXT before they had even actually physically opened the doors to the arena, which this is a new experience for me. I'm 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 used to the one that the that, that like the first pitch is like halfway between the mound and home plate <laughs> when I'm taking my seat. So now we find ourselves as probably one of the first twenty people in line to uh to enter the event that night. But at the same time, what else did we have to do?
1: Fair. Well I guess what we had to do was to go down to our luxurious sixth row floor seats and sit there for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the the setup was not great. As if you had to go to the bathroom or the concession stand, there if was you had no a, way. If you on. had a torn ACL, uh, well, yeah. But even if if you had to go anywhere, nowhere on floor level could you access for food or bathroom. You had to walk up ninety eight stairs yeah. to get to the
2: our seats were so good that you could have been on the turnbuckle about a hundred times quicker than you could have been at the concession stand. Exactly. Yeah. So you I could have been delivering you. a coup de gras well before you <laughs> were delivering a tub of popcorn back to your seats.
1: So we were there for the, the two hour pregame plus the <laughs> event for four to five hours. I never, I barely left the seat at all. Other than just stand up, sit down, I just was like, you know what? Just hook up the bag to me. I can't make it up and down all those steps multiple times.
2: This is yeah. This is this was a this was a, a the whole weekend was a tale of courage for you battling through injury. But I got to say, when we walked into that place, and I I guess I I because I point break Dave took care of securing the ticket, so it was just more of a hey, PayPal me this much, and I'm like, hey, I'm rich, absolutely done when we walked in and i fully comprehended where our seats were my excitement was hard to contain because we were so close to the ring and also so close to the entrance ramp that you could hear and see every detail of everything that was going on it was i've never been in a vantage point like that for an event neither have i especially like a wrestling event that was that was so much fun being that close to it, where, I mean your <clears throat> your vantage point is essentially better than you get on TV, and it was right. it was awesome.
1: It was a good show. I mean NXT they don't have as much of the theater that's going on. There aren't as many bits. It's more they got a few high flying <laughs> action. No, there there are bits. I mean uh, hey. I mean, Velveteen cons- Dream. We didn't get to see a lot of him, but he's he's got bits I need to look further into.
2: I would consider the entire Street Prophet's existence to be a bit. <laughs> oh yeah, we teased that in the last uh, last episode. Yeah, with the uh,
1: the fake DeMarcus Cousins and the guy who literally jumped twenty feet into the air. <laughs> that was insane. That was yeah. That was that was awesome. They got to work on those outfits still though, but. They
2: do. We did get treated to what some are calling, and of course, it's very early. Uh, so I'm aware of the irony in that. But <clears throat> a match of the year candidate between candidate, excuse me, between Ricochet and Johnny Takeover, aka Johnny Wrestling, aka <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny <Gargano>. Super Bowl, <laughs> aka Johnny Halftime, <laughs> aka Johnny Gargano. And uh, and I, I mean, again, I'm probably a little biased because we felt like we were part of the match. I mean, I was pretty much ready to be tagged in at this point. But those two guys <laughs> left it all in the ring for us that night. They were flying all over the place. Ricochet could be somebody I had no familiarity of before we walked in that night. Could be one of my favorite wrestlers now for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> And, a couple of uh, things going for him that I'm pretty interested in.
1: Yeah, so uh, great show, you know, wrestling wise, entertainment wise. We were very close to the ring. Uh, Tommy also extremely go- close to a uh, large drunk man. How would you? <laughs> how would you like to tell us about that? So the floor is yours, Dave.
2: Dave, uh, Dave had made some jokes before because he's he's been to more of these big events than we have, but. He pretty much said there's kind of a body type that you can expect for most wrestling fans, which is about 5'11", 280. So we, <laughs> we were commenting that as the row in front of us was filling in that he says, boy, I'm glad we're not in that row because these guys were all just spilling over their seats, shoulder to shoulder. And then all of a sudden the specimen arrives that just dwarfs everybody else. This guy is standing easily well over six feet tall just a mass of a human being. And, and believe me, he's there to have a good time. So, as Point Break Dave demonstrated at Raw, the the beer cups are just continuing to stack up. Now, again, you give a man of this size uh, a lot of credit that he, uh, you know, just from a body weight calculation standpoint, he can hold his, his alcohol. But we were noticing, you know, he was starting to waver. And unlike Glenn, the bathroom trips were frequent for him because you have to... Yeah get rid of all that alcohol. Well, I found myself at one point, uh, again, not by any design. In fact, I think I had stopped to get some food first, but next thing I know I'm standing right next to him in the bathroom. And that's when I noticed that he's having such a difficult time standing up that he has both his hands up on the wall of the bathroom just to brace himself with enough balance that he can urinate in the toilet. So, and this is probably conservatively like 30% of the way through the show. And I'm, and I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, this guy's not going to make it. And I just hope he doesn't fall backwards when he goes down. Cause I will probably be dead. At that point. <laughs> or at least I'll be pinned for the three count. Like there's no question. And by the end, he essentially
1: could not stand up.
2: No. And, and, uh, and the fake Paul bearer was very concerned that he was about to, um, have to deposit some of the stuff that he had been uh <laughs> wait a minute, I said that oh, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> he was about to have to withdraw some of the stuff he had been depositing because he was kind of holding his hand over his mouth and we saw some some oh. gagging and heaving. It was it, it was just an awkward situation.
1: And allegedly the individual had recently relocated to Phoenix from Dallas.
2: Well, you noticed that he was wearing a Frisco Rough Riders hat, which of all the things you wouldn't expect to see at a Royal Rumble in Phoenix, a yeah. Frisco Rough Riders hat has to be pretty high on the list. Well, I mean,
1: it also turns out that allegedly he played college football at Stanford and does a college football podcast with TC. So this is all alleged. I'm not saying this is the case but allegedly the guy sitting right in front of us was that man. Allegedly. Yes.
2: Allegedly you figured it out because he allegedly made a tweet of his location that you were in the photo. <laughs> yes. As I'm scrolling through
1: Twitter and I see a video and I'm like, man, that looks awfully close to where we're sitting. And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm looking at myself right now.
2: Yes. So we may have extended the uh, knowing not of podcast uh, to this individual and we pray that he got home safe that night.
1: Uh he's tweeted since then, so he he definitely definitely still alive.
2: So the dream over t-shirt was not applicable to his night.
1: No, it doesn't uh I don't think so.
2: So, so yeah, I was definitely... pretty fired up though when we saw when we saw Velveteen Dream. No, oh, at the end. He wasn't supposed to be there. I wore the shirt anyways and i was pretty pumped when he walked out
1: yeah so like i texted you guys today that the next day when we went to the superstore and spent 35 bucks a piece on t-shirts that <laughs> all those shirts are on the website now for 15 <laughs> and i had so much regret not getting the 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 dream over shirt so pretty good chance tomorrow there will be a confirmation number of, uh that'll be sending me one there's a Probably greater than fifty percent that that's uh that that that's happening. But uh triple thumbs up for the NXT show. We didn't actually plan originally to go to that. I don't know what we would have done. Yeah just gone I mean, to that
2: lounge. Yeah, well let's uh let's let's advance the conversation there. So we we grabbed dinner on the way back from the show and uh we were looking for a place to maybe go have a cocktail and at this point the fake Paul Bear is just like getting the pen out to sign the screen and he's like, Look, guys. I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I have status with Marriott, which means that our room keys get us into a special lounge on the ninth floor where we can have a cocktail. The 19th floor, sir. Did I say, what did I say? You said ninth. Oh, no, this is floor. tippy top. Yeah, this is the top of the hotel. So I believe at this point, um, Point Break Dave had peeled off to uh, go have uh, some explosive diarrhea. And uh, we said, we'll meet you up on the 19th floor. And this is when we start walking down the hall towards the lounge. And, and the first thing that I noticed when I was walking down the hall is I was like, wow, there's a giant sign right in the middle of the hallway that leads into the lounge. And when we get up to that sign, we realize that uh, it says that the lounge closed at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so all this talk and build up, like basically of all these free since... beers we were about to get
1: yeah the, since the n x t show show was over and we make our way out, we walk downtown to find a place to eat the whole time we're there, all this talk about we just go back and hang at the lounge probably as late as we want there there was no open lounge <laughs> no there were no free beers, yeah no. so
2: it turns out the lounge may be more family focused more more aimed towards like the the continental breakfast crowd than the yes. uh the late night. But we did get a chance to go down and uh, spend some time in the hotel bar. Really, uh, really nice setup. Uh, We kind of found our little spot down there and uh, more to come on that for the next night's festivities. But the um, rest of the night, I think, went fairly uneventful. Uh, Paul Bear and I stayed up, uh, had a good, good, strong conversation that night. And we get up the uh, next morning and meet at the lounge for breakfast because because why wouldn't you? It
1: was. It was actually open. In it was the open.
2: They had. Yeah, they had the worst piece of French toast I've ever had in my life, and I mean no <laughs> offense. Yeah. Well, actually, freedom toast. I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. Dave
1: and I. Dave and I got up early and broke all the lifting records in the gym, the hotel gym. <sighs> we did. And then we stole the free apples. And then we met y'all in the lounge.
2: I still can't believe that we're on a vacation away from our kids, who all wake us up early, and you guys get up at the crack of dawn to go in there and. Try to outdo each other in the hotel gym. Hey, you see Glenn? You think lats like that happen by accident? Yeah. You gotta earn you that.
1: that. Yeah, you don't sleep on these things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so because it was uh the mountain time zone, we knew that the event was gonna start early, earlier in the day than you know what you'd expect. I think we were we were kind of pacing our day to get back there about four. So we had some time to kill. So we thought we'll, we'll go down to the fan access area, check out the superstore, uh Tons of merchandise for sale, lots of interesting people to watch. And then, uh, after, uh, you know, after doing that, and, um, I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, first, yeah should we all? We, well, because we got to get back to our second lounge experience before the Something to Wrestle podcast, because that's where I want to really focus my attention. Okay. But uh, at the Superstore, I think we need to go through that, Glenn. Did acquire a nice Drew McIntyre shirt? Yeah. So his his wardrobe set for the night. Yeah. Fake Paul Bearer got his Seth, Seth Rollins shirt. And then he not... to wear it the next three days in a row. <laughs> but but also
1: ask us each day if we thought it was okay if he wore it again. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, as long as you're wearing it on like the top of you, I'm fine. You know, no big deal. Yeah.
2: I bought some I bought some merch for the for the family back home, which has also probably gotten about as much use as the fake Paul Bearer. Uh, I think we had to we had to cut it at two days in a row for the son's Finn Balor shirt, which have made me very proud. And uh, and then we had tickets to go see a wrestling podcast, but we had a little bit of time uh, to kill. So of course fake Paul Bearer says, Well, we gotta go back to the lounge, and this is when we encounter the super traveler. This this almost ruined the trip to the yeah. point where we almost just didn't even go to the rumble. We and just this, booked a flight and back. And I will accept full blame for this. If I had had any idea that this innocuous question that I asked would take things so far off the rails that point break Dave at one point just got up and walked out because he was, couldn't stand to be there anymore. We saw well, a, a fairly, what I, I would say a fairly normal looking gentlemen walk into the lounge we were all seated uh had obtained our free water which is a the theme <laughs> of this trip
1: and we had about 45 minutes to an hour to kill basically yeah. so we're and, just hanging out
2: and i was uh, i was starting to get a little hungry just due to the fact that i didn't eat most of my french toast that morning and uh, i see a guy walking in carrying a nice classic banana and i thought you know we're gonna be eating lunch here in about an hour banana would be like the perfect thing to tide me over to lunch, you know, nice, healthy snack. So kind of catch the guy's eye. And I said, Hey man, where'd you get that banana? So of all the things you'd expect somebody to say, he immediately is standing next to me and he's like, Hey man, just take the banana. You can have my banana.
1: i like, like no. I don't even like it. They they just yeah. gave it to me. I just wanted trill mix and yeah. they gave me a banana. Yeah.
2: he He's like, I didn't even want the banana. And, I said, well, great, thanks. Well, then he goes and sits back down a little ways away. And not 20 seconds later, he's like, well, you guys won't believe what happened to me this morning. I'm so upset. I was supposed to be staying at the Hyatt, but after what they did to me, I'm over here now waiting for my room to get ready. Because I couldn't even stay there after what they did to me this morning. And I'm thinking to myself, we may have a pretty good story on our hands here. But boy, <laughs> like if they're if they invent time travel, that's like the first moment you go back to. <laughs> it's just when he says that we all are just like, well, all right. get out, and walk out. So he proceeds to tell us just the this tale of woe where he flew in on an early flight, got to the hotel before 10 o'clock and uh, tried to check in. And they told him his room wouldn't be ready for a couple hours. And we were like, Oh, okay. So then what did they do? Well, my room wasn't ready. We're like, all right. So, so where's the big travesty come in? Most hotel rooms aren't ready at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, you don't understand. I travel all the time for work and said, okay, well, they didn't have my room ready. And at this point, at this point, I'm like, okay, there's no more to the story. Like he, he's waiting for us to react to the punchline that, that he's already delivered.
1: At this point, Dave has, like, fashioned a cardboard cutout of himself in his chair as he has snuck out. This guy proceeds, it seemed like, for the next half hour to talk to us constantly about his travels and his work and all the places that he goes to. Yes,
2: lots of odd travel bragging going on. Yeah, odd
1: travel bragging, which there was some, you know, large cities, but a lot of it was just like, he flew into airports in like Bumtown, utah and ding dong idaho and stuff like that and waco and yeah. waco which were like there's an airport in waco <laughs> we watched a whole tv show about it <laughs> Didn't mention anything about the airport <laughs> but dave, dave leaves um paul bearer is just kind of He's zoned out pretty much as, as usual. I participated in the conversation for maybe 10 minutes. I then just slowly pivot and rotate where I'm facing away and I'm just watching <laughs> yeah. whatever's on the TV. Meanwhile, Tommy is just stuck. He has well, no way Well, I took out.
2: the banana, so I felt bad not engaging this guy. You
1: took the banana, yeah. all right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, never, I took the proverbial banana.
1: Never accept anyone's banana is the lesson that we learned. And what an energy drain that was. Like when we left the lounge. I was
2: ready to just get see if Southwest had a flight back. Like I didn't even want to go to the Rumble anymore. The lounge was disappointing enough.
1: And then we had to listen to that guy for almost an hour. So, But the next thing was to make it to the uh, something to wrestle with. Is that what it's called?
2: That's right. Yes. Yes.
1: So this is something you guys have listened to and we're very familiar with. I, it was totally new to me. I only knew the guys' names that do the podcast because you had told me about them. So I was flying completely blind. Um, y'all are probably better to talk about it. In general, I would just say that I enjoyed it immensely.
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask how the coming in blind experience was. <laughs>
1: well, it's, no, I mean, there were, there it's were a, funny... a few names. Mentioned that that I didn't really know, but I'm I mean like a few out of however many they talked about wrestlers and you know people there. I mean I know who Jim Cornette is. That's not a I don't know all those backstories, but as far as who he is, what he talked like, you know that type of thing. I kn- I knew at least that much. So no, I was good.
2: No, it was a it was a it was a really good time, and I I've listened to every episode of the podcast, which oddly enough started the same week or the week before. Tell me where to turn started. But they've never which, missed a which, week. Which one's more successful? Yeah, were, were, you, were you getting a little podcast envy when he's kind of introducing himself to the, or he's introducing Conrad to the crowd? And he said, well, yeah, by our third episode, we'd reached a million downloads. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think we're just got over a thousand for like the cumulative life of the show. <laughs>
1: But yeah, it was, I did have some envy. Yeah, but yeah. it was a it
2: was a great it was a great time, and you know, lots of oh, Vince McMahon impersonations, which always cracked me up. I think I think uh, also, um, Glenn's bad leg got basically got us upgraded to VIP seating.
1: Oh yeah, we kind of sure we kind of sat
2: down, and and Dave and I were doing the fake the fake uh, overly concerned about Glenn bit that we've been doing the whole trip, and the waitress actually bought it. <laughs> Who's basically everywhere we went, we're just like, Hey, are you going to be okay? Like, do we need to, you know, do we need to get you anything? And then she actually thought we were being genuinely concerned and says, what's wrong? We said, Oh, our friend, you know, he, he's got a real bad knee. And she's like, look, just, just grab your water glasses, like come with me. And the next thing I know we're sitting the, all the tables that are marked VIP, we are in the very next table behind them in such a better seat than we should have been in with our general admission tickets.
1: Yeah. We paid like 35 bucks. Versus the 100 for VIP, and I, like I can reach out and touch the VIP guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can hear everything just fine right here too.
2: Yeah. And then we had the uh, the waiter try to do the uh, four Christmases bit to us. And he, <laughs> he said, "Oh, you guys are from Texas. That's where I got my name. <laughs> it's the His city I was, was conceived Laredo? in, Laredo. <laughs> you don't run into." Her. Many people named (laughs) Euless. It's crazy how that happened. But after that, That I mean, after that, it was, uh, it was time. I think it was time for the rumble. We, uh, we were ready to go. And, and this time we walked up to the arena. It was also early, but they were, things were, things were happening this time. There was a pretty big, pretty big crowd assembled at this point. And I
1: thought the, I thought the venue was okay having it there I thought the configuration we were our seats were on the floor but we were in one of the sections in the back and on the next to the last row I think so we had floor seats but barely yeah, yeah.
2: and I think I think it. you know as Bruce Pritchard would say hindsight being 2020 20, I think we probably would have done better trying to go up a little bit higher or just just fully un- unpack the checkbook and just go for uh you know ringside seats at that point, because the, uh, configuration in the baseball stadium, I, I, I think the ring was basically at second base and we were probably just behind where home plate would be. Yeah. And it made it And the other thing that was unfortunate is, and I still haven't gone back and looked at it on the TV and I want to do that, but, um, they had the, the wrestlers entering from out of the dugout of, uh, I guess the Diamondbacks dugout and coming up a ramp, but it made it impossible to see from our seats. Cause it was low yeah so you know kind of it kind of was uh kind of a, uh unfortunate especially in the rumble like getting to kind of miss the entrance activity uh not being able to see it from our seats which was was kind of a drag now not saying that little bit of negativity didn't outweigh the awesomeness of being there but yeah knowing what we know i think we definitely would not recommend that specific seating configuration completely agree i think at those big events, they put so many floor seats that if you're not going to be in the top ten rows, then you're better off just going, yeah, going in the one hundred level and sitting up a little bit. Yeah, and not to mention we, we were completely spoiled from the night before being so close to Johnny <laughs> Wrestling that. And that was the other thing that was kind of weird, and I guess it's just the configuration of the the ballpark. But like when they had it at, uh, Cowboys Stadium. We kind of had similar seat stars, but they'd started risers. So we were actually up a little bit higher. So that would have been a lot better. Like if that back section that we were in had been on a mm-hmm. riser, that would have been a much better situation. But I do want to take a brief moment here to talk about a big play that Point Break Dave made. <laughs> Oh, yes. Chair yes. expert. <laughs> yeah, chair expert Point Break Dave. Not afraid of a little vandalism if it helps further the greater good. As we've mentioned, so they're basically just folding chairs, standard folding chairs, but they're all wire tied together. Zip-tied. Yeah, because yeah. right, to they don't want anybody getting big ideas and trying to take one in the ring. Well, that and... But as we've talked about, the average weight of the WWE fan is getting close to 300. (laughs) So when you pack several of those people in, you know, chairs that are right next to each other, you are going to be cramped, but you just got to break, break those zip ties. So that's why you went to the the gym that morning. So you could show off (laughs) once we got there, but everyone around was like, Oh man, that's great. Yeah.
1: Now that was a saving grace to give us some space, and the fact that we were sitting right next to the aisle. Because I, I mean, I had to get up and stand up a little bit anyway to stretch my leg. But I also needed to do that to see what was going on in the ring, like <laughs> half the time. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't
2: figure out what they were doing with that configuration because the aisles were huge. Uh, yeah. At the end of the at the end of the rows, yeah, we could have we could have pretty much just pushed all of our chairs out there and been and been in great shape.
1: I think it had to had something to do with the sight lines from like the 100 level that was behind us. Oh, I'm sure I yeah, was, I'm sure it did. I was standing up, you know, maybe not a majority, but like half the time and never did I hear anybody be like, Hey, <laughs> delete, <dumb> delete. Ass, <laughs> sit down. I can't see Daniel Bryan, you know, or anything and you like turn that. Around and you'd be
2: like, I am Daniel. Bryan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but another coincidence uh, just who we were first off, uh, once again, Tommy had a large man who didn't smell good sitting in front of him.
2: That guy was guy real right. terrible. And he didn't look like it, he should smell terrible, but he yeah. smelled terrible. He looked, he looked fairly, uh, normal, looked, fairly normal. Looked Like he was doing better than the guy the night before.
1: No comment. Um, <laughs> and then me and Paul bear are on the very end and sitting right in front of us. The fake Jin Yang, which (laughs) I I was very excited about.
2: Who was wearing full AJ Styles gear and was really into wrestling. I was a big fan of this guy. Goodness, he was so into it. He he has good hearing because he turned around several times to engage with us when we felt like we were just having a conversation amongst ourselves. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Tommy said something I think before even the the pre-show matches started that he thought was hilarious, and I... This is where it's good that I, you know, no longer partake too heavily because I really wanted to point out how much the fake Jin Yang liked your joke. And he would have been sitting right in front of me the rest of the night.
2: Yeah. But I just, four hours later,
1: I just thought of it and didn't say it. I just put it on a podcast. It's good.
2: So, all right. We're not obviously not going to go match by match, but the, uh, the women's Royal rumble, um, had a, you know, exciting finish. Becky Lynch, who biggest star in women's wrestling, wasn't supposed to be in the match. She ends up getting in the match because somebody else gets injured. You can't see all the air quotes I'm doing here. Well, you guys can (laughs) podcast, uh, you know, heroic and big, one of the biggest moments of the night, her winning the Royal Rumble, which means she gets to go on to WrestleMania to face the, uh, the, um, women's champion. Uh I want <clears throat> to, I do, <clears throat> whoa, oh, sorry, flu, oh, oh, flu, oh. dying. Get you can't the paddle. get the flu Uh-oh. through a podcast, can you? <laughs> I don't think so. But I want to bring something up to podcast court here. Because something we did for the both Rumble matches was we had a rotation of picks. Because we were going to do like, we had a bunch of ideas, fantasy drafts, other things, but they didn't release all the entrants. So you really couldn't do anything before the match started. So what we decided to do was we would just go down the row. All right. Glenn gets the first entrant. Fake Paul bear gets the second and we go on to when we hit four, then Glenn gets number five and we all get an entrance all the way up to 28.
1: And it's, it's it's winner take all. Now it goes up to 28. Loser takes
2: the fall. (laughs)
1: that's right and it goes up to 28 now if if tw- entry 29 or 30 wins the deal was all the money that we were going to pay to the winner we find the first person that has one of their shirts on and we just hand them the money and give no explanation whatsoever was a, it, that was the stipulation
2: and it, i think it was 100 dollars right something like that it was 80 dollars 80 dollars 4 it's times bucks. 20 yeah. okay so as Tommy mentioned, Becky Lynch is the surprise replacement for Lana yeah. who's she coming out, in twenty yeah, eight. She came out number twenty eight, causing me to and win that the was, Yep. That was Tommy's number. Yep. But we all partially called foul on this. And I wanna let you know that if you go back and watch the event, which I did, there's two things, and I think Tommy owes us a refund of our money. One is Becky Lynch doesn't get in the ring until 29 and 30 have come in. But that, again, that's her prerogative. Uh, And when she does, Michael Cole, who's trustworthy, he's our announcer, says, and Becky Lynch, the final entrant in the Royal Rumble. If you look at the official results, she's listed as number 28. I think it's all, I think we need need our money back. If you can't go by the official results what can you go by? I mean, this is a schedule for human beings here. (laughs) Come on. But that was the biggest, the biggest moment of, of the night. Yeah. And I think probably, probably the thing that got the biggest reaction out of the crowd, because everybody wants her to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, which it now seems like is going to happen.
1: And until she waltzed out there, I thought I had it made because I drew Charlotte Flair and she's just throwing people into the stands. Yeah, like this is gonna be the easiest eighty bucks I've ever made in my life. But once Becky came out there, I was like, Yeah, this is not this is not happening anymore. This is this is money that is that is now gone. So and we did the same thing for the men's royal rumble, obviously. I I think the worst
2: draw. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it's my number, it's like, oh, it's me. All right. There's Titus (laughs) (laughs) O'Neil. So
1: anytime Dave had somebody, it came up his turn in the draw, whoever it was got introduced they waltzed or maybe ran sprinted out to the ring. And it was like, they got in and then it was like the, the, the shot from the fresh Prince of Air When jazz gets thrown out of the house, <laughs> like immediately, that's what happened to all of his, all of his entrance. So, so
2: disheartening.
1: I feel like this basically just came down to who Tommy and Paul bearer had like even throughout, like I, yeah. I didn't have anybody. I don't think in the last five or six, I, all my guys were gone and
2: as we all knew seth rollins ended up being victorious yeah. as soon as paul bearer had that draw we knew it was over yeah even even though they threw
1: a swerve at us because the night before they were promoing rollins and lashley on raw for their intercontinental title and we're like well if that's the case they're not gonna have him win this because then why would he be taking him on on monday night so what about the
2: other swerve yeah I'd we noticed another at the podcast show comedy club swerve too uh wait oh zigzag yeah Yeah. when we were leaving the podcast it said dolph ziggler would be appearing at the comedy club to do a comedy show at 9 30 and he had gone out of his way on twitter to tell the paper and stuff that he wasn't going to be involved even though he lived in arizona and then i think what was it number 28 or 29 hits and
0: he's zigzag. here to show the world yeah he's here to show the
2: world and then immediately knocks out mcintyre
1: <laughs> yeah i t- didn't see much tough, after that a tough deal was...
2: for mine and dave's Bavada money yeah,
1: yeah. i was just crying yeah. so i didn't see <laughs> much slowly turn your the... shirt
2: inside out and... <laughs>
1: um but the only other uh big match universal title match which dave you went back and watched these I didn't watch that one. Okay. That one's worth going back and watching just from the standpoint of like, it's the spectacle of being in the event. You get caught up in the excitement, but it was just as good just to be watching on TV. I mean, it was very well. It was great. You know, match. Choreographed. Great. And, the... oh, I mean, ahead. they, they sold it. Like there was half a second that I thought Finn was going to win. <laughs> And then half a second later, it was over.
2: <laughs> and then in that half, in that half a second, I had 30 or uh, three fourths of my uh, shirt off and, and just kind of put it back on sat down as the F uh, five yeah. was delivered. And <laughs> yes,
1: indeed. And that was, uh, and that was it. So,
2: so back to the that, hotel for some post-match <clears throat> cocktails in the hotel bar and Things are good. We're in good spirits. We've had two great nights of wrestling.
0: We've we we even
2: d- ordered some desserts, like I mean cuz why wouldn't you? We've got our usual seats. Yeah. The bar kind of has some a bar and then some tables and then a little area of couches that we uh, apparently set our flag the first night and like, "Hey, this is where we are." <laughs> So I don't know. We've been there an hour, hour and a half. And I had to use the restroom and I'm walking out and I see a large African-American man walking past me. And I'm like, hey, that's Titus O'Neil. <laughs> so I go take care of my business and I hurriedly run back to the guys. I'm like, guys, I just saw Titus in the lobby. He's here. And then we we turn around and we're like, he's sitting at the bar. And we were so excited because the night can't possibly get any better. <laughs> Titus O'Neil is in the bar with us. Completely by himself and like not being bothered. No, I think I saw one guy go up and talk to him. It's but, Titus yeah, O'Neill. <laughs> I would have gone and talked to Titus, but but then
1: shortly thereafter, all of that suddenly changed. So, Tommy, did you just see her when she? Well, I, saw, the lobby I saw a little
2: commotion in the lobby, not in a in a big way, but I just saw some, some kind of a group I, of people and everybody kind of whipping around. And then kind of in the middle of that, I'm like, wow, there's somebody that looks exactly like Becky Lynch limping through the lobby. And then I realized, oh, yes, it is Becky Lynch. She's walking through the lobby. She's staying at our hotel. And then it goes from, she stayed at a hotel to she's making a left turn and she's coming in the bar where we are. <laughs>
1: where everyone proceeded to stand up and, and, give cheer, the, yes. and give the ovation
2: yes that she rightly deserved absolutely oh,
0: absolutely Still
2: so then selling I, the knee injury yeah so oh, selling the knee injury so she's sitting at the bar and of course we're all doing like we did with cliff kingsbury and we're trying to get spy photos and not look like <laughs> we're gawking and then we start having the discussion of like okay how how do we play this because we don't we don't want to annoy, we don't want to be annoying. She's, she's there at the bar. She's kind of got some people with her and it, it would have been a pretty, pretty aggressive move. Yeah. You, you would have had to pretty much just be like, you know what? Screw it. I I don't care if I annoy her. I'm, I'm going to make the play. I'm going to go over there, break up. You know, clearly she was there with friends that had come to the show. I'm going to go just insert myself in the middle of this and, 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 you know, whip her, beat her down basically. Pretty quickly, she in her group, I think there was maybe four or five others, got a table. Yeah, in the So bag, they were no longer yeah. just like standing at the bar. They were yeah. like Tommy said, you would had to purposely go and insert yourself in the middle of their dinner. Yeah. So we we had some conversation about, you know, what we would do and we and I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, you know, she's there, I'm not interested. I'm good.
1: Yeah, and the the bar manager was basically shaming us for not going over there and all four of us getting pictures, interrupting their meal. We're, we're playing it cool. And that's yeah. just, I feel really uncomfortable doing that.
2: No, I do too. I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have even know what to say if I went over there. So I'm, I'm like, you know what? I let them enjoy their meal. She won the Royal rumble. We got a picture of her standing, you know, 10 feet away from us. That's good enough for me. I'm happy. Well,
1: and soon thereafter, Tommy had to catch an early flight. So he It's he's it had to,
2: difficult being important and responsible.
1: He <laughs> took his Finn Balor gear and his bananas and went up to the room. We hung around for another hour
2: or two. It was and plotting. Uh, I guess plotting. around one I guess around one they did last call, I think. Yeah. So me, Glenn, and fake Paul Bear have now essentially closed down the bar. And there's us at our our fancy little spot, the Becky Lynch party, and maybe one other guy at the bar but other than that, it's empty.
1: well the fake Kurt Angle was still there that's
2: right with with his
1: <laughs> with his crew because we at this point we're just discussing i'm still I'm only a couple of old fashioned and maybe a couple of uh ultra and so I'm I'm still okay. I'm not up for any. I'm not climbing the fence. You're or not anything. having
2: to use both hands to hold you up at the urinal. <laughs> no. Dave has ordered like
1: ha- however many old fashions, and he nursed this one at the end for like an hour and a half. I was feeling it, man. I had to slow it down. Yeah. So at this point, we're talking <laughs> scenarios like, what could we do, and. <laughs> You know, I had a few ideas. I'm like, one, you know, if you see it, you can pull the, uh, like, there's an opening at the table, and you just kind of casually walk up and just sit down confidently and be like, sorry, guys, there's not really any other seats in here, so I'm just going to grab this one, <laughs> and hopefully you're not immediately exited, but if you get a courtesy laugh, then you can just be like, hey, can I get a picture, and, you know, you're good, but at least that's, you know, that's kind of, in my other idea was to go over, well, we had a bunch of ideas, but I know one, one of mine was to go over and just kind of get their attention and point across at the fake Kurt Angle and be like, check out this Kurt Angle looking mother effer over here. What's his deal? <laughs> uh, so, but it progresses, <clears throat> We're we're just kind of just, we're not really nervous or anxious about going over there. We're just coming up with random scenarios of what we would do. And finally, Dave is basically like, screw it. As he's slowly nursing the old fashioned, he's like, screw it. I'm going over there. I'm just going to do it. I can't, <laughs> she's here. I cannot leave here without getting the picture. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, but first I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, All right. You know, no big deal. So he walks off and uh, me and Paul Bear are just sitting there talking about something completely unrelated for, you know, a couple, two or three minutes and you know suddenly kind of like the cliff kingsbury effect when someone's walking very close to you it's a natural tendency you just kind of turn and look well where we're sitting in those couches there's like a wall kind of barrier i mean it's not very tall but it's just a barrier between that area and the actual bar proper area if you will well becky lynch gets up and is walking right beside us like she she's couldn't be more than five feet from us and the, obviously the ravishing red hair gets my attention immediately and she's walking she's by herself and she's got kind of that look on her face of i'm looking for something but i don't know where it is and it was
2: you she was looking for
1: oh that would have been the, the best but Daniel I, Bryan. <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna take a shot and if i if i'm wrong as to what she's looking for all she's gonna do is just be confused or just be like creepy guy you know whatever so i can tell she's looking for something i assume it's the bathroom and i just kind of where she can hear me i'm like hey it's up there on your right you can't you can't miss it it's right over there you know something like that and she's like okay thanks like that so we've had a conversation so now (laughs) She walks out of sight, and basically, me and Paul Bear are doing like little girls, like holding on to each other and jumping up and down because we talked to Becky Lynch. And then I immediately—we no, didn't do that, but after about ten, fifteen seconds after the interaction, I literally did jump up as much as I could, but and I was like, "Oh, oh my God!" Because I did have the idea of I need to text Dave and tell him that she's gone to the bathroom. So that when he comes out, he can act like he's just hanging in the lobby and then he can get his picture. So I fire off a text and it seemed like it took me forever to type it out. And I'm like, dude, Becky just went to the bathroom. When you come out, don't walk back all the way over here. Just wait for her somewhere around there. And there, I was. there's your shot. Brad.
2: Absolute superb planning by Glenn. So... The the bathroom in question had like a weird like three doors you had to go through. This weird hole in the wall. I don't know how <laughs> I got there. No, so I'm walking through, you know, kind of like the whatever third door to get out into the lobby. And I'm looking at my phone and I see Glenn's text and I'm like, oh, you know, this is he's right. This is perfect. (laughs) So I immediately stop and turn around. So I'm facing the doors of the bathroom. It's not awkward at all. Then I hear like one of the the inner doors open and close. I'm like, Oh, this looks terrible. She (laughs) walks out. I'm just standing at the door staring at her. So I turn and I start walking towards back towards the bar. And sure enough, then I hear the door open and now she's, she's walking behind me, so this this looks legit now. And I just kind of like look over my shoulder, I'm like, oh, hey. And I was like, I don't remember what I said, it was something like, oh, you know, you know, great performance tonight or something. You know, it was, really, it was really cool being there. And she's like, oh, you know, thank you very much. And then I was like, hey, would it ruin your night if I got a quick picture with you? And she's like, oh, no, not at all. So I pull out my phone and I'm just like, I hope the text of, <laughs> Hey, Becky just went to the bathroom. It's not still displayed. Because then I'm going to be in the disarmor in about five seconds. <laughs> the next thing you guys would be hearing in the bar is just the sound of somebody frantically tapping on the ground. <laughs> but it was not. I was at the uh, the home screen, got the camera, and got a nice little picture of me and Bex. Uh, no, I was, Bex. Uh, I was uh, very, very impressed to see that on my phone the next day and say, wow. But in the police report, it would basically read: two men conspired to follow a woman into bathroom. No. Tommy, you're just jealous that me and Glenn are basically best friends with Becky Lynch. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think we're on like Navajo law there, so I think they're okay. <laughs> I think they're okay. That's just that's pretty normal. I we did blow our chance. Dave had already executed. He's he's doing like a touchdown dance at this point. <laughs> but I don't know how this has played out cause there was kind of an obstructed view from where we were at to the lobby. So I don't know that he's gotten the picture. So we're just kind of standing there in that area where we're hanging out and I see Dave just kind of slowly come into view and I'm like, man, did you get my text? Did you get my text Like that. And about the time that I'm saying that she walks in <laughs> right in between all of us. And then for some reason, why am I thinking in my head that she's immediately going to put, put it all together, that I texted him to tell her that she was in the bathroom, to follow her out and to do all that? So you she just,
2: just jumped out a window?
1: I just froze. I just froze. She walked right in the middle of all three of us. Paul Bearer probably didn't know who she was. He's, who knows what he's thinking? He's like, I wonder if I could wear this shirt all week.
2: That'll How many okay. days could I wear this shirt?
1: Dave is just like, I got a picture. I don't even care. I mean, I don't need to. And she walks in between us and I just kind of stand there and she's like, hey guys, like that. And I just kind of went, hey, like the most (laughs) soft tone I've never talked to a woman before. (laughs) Hey. And then we walked out. So I totally missed my opportunity to say anything other than, hey, the bathroom's up there on the right. You can't miss it. (laughs) That's okay, though. All we, we, we conversed. We we breathed the same air. Pretty close friends with Bex. Things are going. <laughs> things are going pretty solid. So,
2: so if you play your cards right, you may get an invite to WrestleMania to be part of the entourage. That's what we're saying. She uh, needs somebody to point Z- out where <laughs> any bathrooms are along the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, what would you rather? You rather hear this story or have a? Would rather the, the headline be Becky Lynch wins Royal Rumble or Becky Lynch? urinates on self hotel lobby <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, due to poor want? signage and wayfinding
1: so we haven't even got we've got a whole nother day to go here oh
2: man yes yeah see, this is where this is where my uh contributions really really wane i just had a well, nice uber ride back to the airport with the, like the, the most confusing sports fan ever but he did say they're remodeling the talking stick so that was my one takeaway Well, that morning we did, uh, I'll go back to the lounge for breakfast, and I believe all three of us at different points told Tommy, listen, (laughs) no matter how bad you want a banana,
1: don't ask.
2: We don't care who it is, don't ask for the banana. So
1: Um, So you take off fairly early in the
2: morning? Yeah, first thing, yeah
1: you didn't miss a whole lot when it comes to that day no no first off the only thing you missed was the again all-star hotel work of paul bearer using his status and points to negotiate a four o'clock late <laughs> checkout time because we we had breakfast we go back to the room it's like 10 30 and i asked him i was like "Well, what's the checkout time he goes oh i think it's noon and then he rolls over and looks at like the you know hotel whatever thing and he's like, uh, uh-oh, I should probably call him because we have to be out of here in 30 minutes. <laughs> and so he calls to get a late checkout, and I just hear the conversation. He asks for it. He's like, okay, yeah, I think that'll work. And he hangs up the phone, and he's like, we don't have to be out of here till 4 <laughs> o'clock. Which was great because I think we all did a little bit of work. Yep. But I also took, I think, approximately three naps. <laughs> and we watched HGTV pretty much all day. That
2: was... Pretty wow. much how it went. Okay. But then uh that night was Monday Night Raw and very solid seats for Monday Night Raw. Oh so, well, yes. Yeah, definitely. it looked like you guys did pretty well with that. We did, and uh it was a good show. We did got think... to see we got to see Bex on Raw, which is rare. She remembered you guys, right? She waved at you, pointed you out she... in the crowd. We were pretty sure she was gonna bring us up in her in her promo. She's talking about and the two guys I met last night. They know I'm going to WrestleMania. <laughs> what we really
1: had our fingers crossed for uh, was that she would come out and be making some speech and be like, "You don't know what I've experienced this weekend. The thrill of the Royal Rumble, this, that, or the other. I had a guy follow me to the bathroom just to take a picture." <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't get that. But it was a great. Uh, yeah, it was great. Raw. I feared and maybe still fear because for whatever reason, I wasn't expecting her to make an appearance during Raw. But when her music hit and she walked out, I definitely had the surprised face that you see on the promos. <laughs> so hopefully there wasn't a camera that
2: uh, it was right in your face. Me.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I, I think we still had some good bits. Um, Paul Bearer, obviously wearing the Seth Rollins shirt again, <laughs> again. Um, I think the one thing that I, I still laugh about at least once a day was they had a uh like a ten minute segment about the Make a Wish Foundation and these kids that, you know, they got to meet several <laughs> several of the wrestlers and out with them. And our whole deal was that Drew McIntyre <laughs> was gonna be there. It was just gonna claymore kick the kids <laughs> and then yell at them that this is what you wanted. <laughs> You did this to yourself. <laughs> and just stare him down. Which I don't think that hit with anyone other than on our row. I don't think no. you know, it was... Uh,
2: wasn't a, it didn't play well in, like, wide release. Just, no. It kinda, you kind of had to be, be there. Pop. Yeah. But the... Uh, yes, the constant in Drew McIntyre voice, this is what you wanted. <laughs> when fake Paul Bear was trying to buy one of those huge cookies, this is what you
1: wanted. Yeah, they sold chocolate chip cookies there like the size of a frisbee. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and if anybody's going to buy one, we, we know who that would be. Fake Colbert. Yeah. So uh I think the last thing cuz we're pretty late here, I think the last thing was we do need to touch on the final hotel.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm trying to to think back. So we left our stuff at the at the Renaissance. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And so we left our bags there. We go back catch an uber to the other hotel that's that's closer to the airport i mean like one of them was five miles away and the other one was
2: two yeah you know the renaissance was six miles from the airport i don't know i don't know what close to the airport is in your book but if you can get there in less than 10 minutes i think you're close to the airport
1: (laughs) right but hey i had nothing to do with airport coordination i just paid paid my portion basically exactly but
2: um so we get there and it's. I don't I don't even remember what hotel it was. Uh, it was like some sort
1: of Marriott or Radisson or something like that. Let's just put it after the Renaissance. It was...
2: There were meager accommodations. <laughs>
1: this, this is... <laughs> this hotel is the apartment that you live in when your wife kicks you out of the house. So we get there. That's basically what this place was.
2: And now we're... You know, we've we've lost Tommy back to Nashville. So we're we're going three wide. So fake Paul Bearer who booked the hotels, like, well I just got one suite, two bedroom suite for this last I'm like, all right. So we get there, so you got one room with a I guess a queen, one with a queen, and then I'm like You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna give Paul Bearer passed because the renaissance was awesome. I got a picture with Becky Lynch. I'll take one for the team and I'll sleep on the pull-out bed couch. Dude, I haven't done the couch bed since I was probably like 12. That is a horrible experience.
1: (laughs) I think because I only got a little bit of a look at the bed (laughs) and the it's meager accommodations i think the experience would be like if braun Strowman just repeatedly slammed you into into the mat all night long that's what it was like sleeping on that thing
2: well the next morning fake Paul bearer asked how it was i was like well if i had to compare it to a tag team it would be the bar (laughs) because there's just (laughs) one bar man right in the back but then the last uh, bit of We got down to the we were waiting for the shuttle and hotel manager guy sees the Seth Rollins t-shirt, which is now on day three. (laughs) And it's It's just in tatters at this point. (laughs) Oh, you guys been going? And we're like, yeah. He's like, you know, did you go to Did you go to all all the shows? We're like, yeah, we did, you know, NXT, the Rumble and Raw. He's like, so you're not staying for SmackDown? We're like, no, he's like, I will. I'm saying for I'm doing Smackdown too. He's like I'm going to do it all four. We're like, "Oh, that's great." And he's like, "You know what? What of the wrestlers is staying here?" <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, yeah, really?" And he's like, "Yeah. He's like, I can't tell you who though. But let's just say if I could, it'd be Glory." Which of course I'm like,
1: "Why not just, you know, like the most obvious clue ever?" <laughs>
2: I, I didn't know they bad. had like I didn't know they had like HIPAA for hotels. I thought he could probably just tell you, but <laughs> he's probably just like one of those guys trying to overvalue his the importance of his work. But if you guys just... had a, if you guys had a been texting Monday night with the picture of you guys in glorious in the hotel lobby, oh, like I would man. have been I would have been chartering a flight back there. <laughs> I was just laughing like we'll wait around, you know, because we all want a picture with Bobby Roode, and then like Gable walks out, and you're like, oh. <laughs> not quite as good so yeah
1: i think there you have it royal rumble trip 2019
2: yeah. and will there be a 2020 version of this trip oh there will definitely be a i don't know if the rumble but there'll be something yeah yeah i mean, I mean it, like, all... we're not gonna go to another pay-per-view for at least a
1: Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll be at one on the 17th in Houston, so
2: I'll have a full report. So you'll be two for two for you. maybe just try to hit them all this year.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. So I, I have uh, some lower level, not floor, but 100 level seats at uh, the Toyota Center in Houston. And I think I'm pretty much right beside the the entry ramp. So all I should right. have that. For the elimination advantage. chamber. That's right. So just history making first ever women's tag team champions and you know what squad is in the uh in the running for that
2: oh yes yes the Boston so if, Hug connection i know exactly what you're talking about
1: if you see the scroll on cnn that roof has blown <laughs> off of toyota center you know that the riot squad is the the women's tag team champ but we're waiting for the location to be announced but all eyes are on wrestlemania 2020 for our next yes. big wrestling trip. and
2: i am so in
1: me too i think that's gonna happen so
2: i think anything else no i think uh i think that's a pretty a pretty fitting uh fitting recap to a great trip i'll uh i'll give bex a call see if we can get her as a guest next week
1: yeah i'm a her right now <laughs>